It's so wonderful to have you all here this morning. We have had a terrific healing pilgrimage to St. Pantaleon these past three days. <coughs> From the feedback I've been getting, it's a very, very powerful three days. So there are some of you that have not been here during that pilgrimage time, and some guests as well. So I'd like to introduce our guest priest that was our homeless over the course of the healing pilgrimage, and he so graciously accepted my request to, to carry it through the weekend and give me, well, a stay spiritual vocation, uh, vacation, you know, so I could just rest in the, in the spirit and not have to really do a lot of the heavy lifting as he did. So we have this morning Father Joe Barsdead. He is originally from Denver. He's a priest in our eparchy. He resided in Denver with his lovely wife. There she is, Pawnee Leslie. If you rate, I'm going to embarrass her. Right there, she was graciously came out uh, because she didn't want to stare at the wall. <laughs> so, because he asked, Father Joel asked, "Would you like to come out?" And she goes, "No, I just soon stare at the walls." Oh, yes, I want to come out. So we're so blessed to have her with us as well. Now, Father Joel resides at our seminary, Saint Cyril Methodius, in Pittsburgh, where he's the director of human formation. And um, while he He's a member of our eparchy. He's on loan there. But we're going to pray that eventually, in a short time, he needs to come home. He needs to come home so we can be closer to him. He's, Father, you're too far away from us. It's such a consolation to have him here and such a blessing. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, glory to Jesus Christ. Today we glory in the cross and we celebrate its exaltation, the miracles that it's worked in the history of the Christian peoples. Um, we commemorate in particular moments in history where the cross led Christian armies into battles against enemies that could have snuffed out Christian culture. And it was through that sign of the cross that victory was granted to our Christian princes as they did battle to defend the church and the Christian people. However, our readings draw our attention to the scandal of the cross. There are two aspects, two moments in the work of our Lord, two phases in his life on earth and his ministry. There is the time of his humiliation, and there's the time of his exaltation. So everything up until the cross is his humiliation, when he willingly and voluntarily suffered the limitations of the flesh and the violence of people against him, and so on. And then there was the rising from the dead and the ultimate victory over death, sin, and the devil. Soren Kierkegaard, the great Christian philosopher and theologian from Denmark, in the 19th century called attention to what he considered the root of the lack of faith in the church of his own time. And he identified it because people were still claiming to be Christians. They were still getting baptized. They were still getting confirmed. 
They were still going through, going to church, but the faith had become eroded, and he said it was because people only followed Christ because of his exaltation. And so the question he posed to people is, would you have followed Christ if you had known him before the resurrection? Would you have followed him in his humiliation? This coming week, we celebrate the great feast of the transfiguration of our Lord. And you can see in the Gospels, there's this movement um, toward that moment when we have a profession of faith by Peter, and then he, Jesus reveals himself on Mount Tabor in his divine glory to three of his chosen disciples. But as he's being transfigured before him, Moses and Elijah come bearing witness to him as the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. And yet, they speak to him about the things that he must suffer in Jerusalem. And from that point on, Jesus turns his face toward Jerusalem. He turns his face toward the cross. And he starts to prepare his disciples, but it's extremely difficult for them. They just don't understand it. How could the Messiah suffer when he's coming into his glory in Jerusalem? The reading from Matthew that we heard, the second gospel, tells us what happened when they got back from the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus and Peter, James, and John show up with where the other disciples are confounded because something has just happened to them that hasn't happened to them before. That is, not since Jesus gave them power to heal the sick and drive out demons. They're confronted with a man with a, with a lunatic, demoniac son. Lunatic means that you've been touched by the moon. But he's, he's, uh, it's a violent sort of um, illness that he has. And he brings him to the disciples. The disciples pray the prayers they used to pray. And nothing happens. And Jesus announces something that must have been almost offensive to them because he says to the whole crowd, you are a faithless generation. And then when his disciples, after the healing, come to him and say, why couldn't we do it? He said, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could have done it. What's happened? What's happened? Something has changed in the unfolding of the plan of God, and now it's no longer enough to have faith in the victory of the name of Jesus and the glory of Mount Tabor. His disciples and apostles are being called to journey with their Lord to the cross and through the crucifixion, and we know that when it came time for him to be crucified, there weren't three with him, there was only one. The scandal of the cross, the scandal of the Christian life, because Christ associates us with him. 
in the letter, the first, the first reading from Paul's letter to the Corinthians, where he talks about the life of an apostle, he's talking about, um, he's writing to these Christians in Corinth who are living the glory, they're living the victory, they're the wise, and they're content, and they're, they're prosperous in their practice of their faith. And Paul says, oh, you great Christians, us poor apostles, we poor apostles, we're um, hungry, we're thirsty, we're homeless, we get persecuted, we're shipwrecked, but you, you are wise. He's mocking them in a gentle, paternal way. And then he comes to the punchline that we heard, you have many teachers in the Lord, but you only have one Father, that's me. Be imitators of me as I imitate Christ. I think it's hard sometimes to hear a word like that as good news, right? That we must suffer with Christ, that we must face rejection. Whatever, whatever glory accrues to us, whatever moments of exaltation we experience, they're not meant to spare us the cross. They're not meant to spare us suffering with Christ. The faith that we are called upon to have is a faith which allows us to adhere to, the, to Christ in his humiliation because the only form that divine life can take in this world is that of the Beatitudes and finally the cross. And yet, we are venerating the cross. We have a beautiful cross there. This one is beautiful, two beautiful crosses. Our temple is beautiful. All of these things are expressions of faith in the glory and the exaltation of Christ. And we need them because our faith is two things. It is adhering to Christ in his humiliation and hoping in his glory and living in his glory. How practically does the church call us to confront the humility, the humiliation, the scandal of the cross? Well, one of the ways is it asks us to fast and pray. Like the Lord said, you've confronted something that the old prayers by themselves are not enough for. You've got to go deeper into a faith that embraces the road to the cross and my humiliation. And you need to pray with that faith and you do it by prayer and fasting. So today we begin one of the four fasting periods of the church year, the one leading up to the Feast of the Dormition on the 15th. And I'll let your pastor tell you what he thinks you should do as a, as a, as a group in terms of observing his suggestions for how you observe that fast. But it's important that we embrace that dimension of our life. The only thing that I'll add beforehand to whatever he has to say is something that a priest 
Well, he was a brother. He was instructing us. He was a Dominican brother. He was instructing my wife, Leslie, and me before we were received into the church. And during our first Lent, um, we asked what sort of penances we should do or fasting. He said, well, you can do these sorts of things. But he said, remember that the cross the Lord gives you is always more efficacious than the one you take on yourself. Because if we take it on ourselves, we can control it, right? We can lay it down when it gets too much. But the ones he gives us tend to be the sort that are very difficult to lay down, and yet we need to embrace them. So let us exalt the cross as we embrace and carry our cross. The thing that this world cannot give us, that the cross has given us, is the path to resurrection. Christ is risen. That is what gives power to his humiliation. He is God incarnate who took all of our sins and human weakness and our brokenness and he took it with him into the grave and from there he remade our humanity and raised it up into glory. So everything, all our human sufferings, all our human humiliations are and will be glorified. Glory to Jesus Christ.